0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds in Cinema Podcast.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Terminator Edition. Today is Terminator Salvation. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me the Terminator savant himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom.
1: There's nothing on that tape about machines with organs. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't even remember that line. To be fair, John, that's a very specific subject for your mother to anticipate you having to handle in the future. <laughs> I just want to say something up top. Yes, go. Right? This this is not this is not the how dare you podcast, despite what our idents occasionally say. Right. Um <laughs> but this is very much a how dare you film. Ah. Uh and you know
0: we don't traditionally review except it's music. not not it's not even fun enough almost you know you you wish that a, a how dare you movie would at least be a little funner but mm, i'm sure lady chu would disagree with that last statement <laughs> um, <laughs> that
1: fun is a prerequisite of that podcast i don't think she feels the same way as you Mike. um you're right and you know we we don't traditionally use the the grievance positive point format and uh you know There's no calculator with enough battery to calculate how many grievances I have against this movie. Right. But I can tell you, I have exactly two positive points. (laughs) That I want to get out of the way now, so I can go on a full-blown tirade against this movie. Excellent. I don't want want goodwill contaminating how I talk about this movie, (laughs) is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) So here are my two positive points. Alright. Uh... The first one is I'm going to go in chronological order, and by the way, they're all reaches. Um, <laughs> just just putting that out there. Uh, the first one is there's a there's a truck chase about midway through the movie, which gives us a a few minutes of perfectly fine filmmaking. Um, I mean, uh, you know, until a cavalcade of comedic errors befalls the machines and it ruins it all again but we get like a we get a clear few minutes of this is this is okay um (laughs) and the other one is that the digital rendering of a terminator is better in this movie than it was in the last one but you see even with that i want to immediately counterpoint that terminator 3 rise of the machines is a movie (laughs) and that's
0: the difference what is this in your mind this yeah i don't know like if it's not I... a movie what is it um it's
1: i tell you, i tell you, right i if it's different stages of the movie because you're right it
0: doesn't it, it is so formless
1: it's for that's the word, that is the exact word, and I think I feel different, I, I feel it leans towards different kinds of media at different points in the, in the movie and in the screenplay I'd say, based on the credit sequence, I would have said that this is an asylum uh plagiarization of a Terminator movie (laughs) (laughs) until the moment that I saw how many stars were involved in this movie both on and off screen I would have said that this was a direct-to-video illegal pirated version of a a Terminator property
0: well it should be said that the one thing I think is remembered about this movie more than anything is the tirade that Christian Bale went on against a crew member and so that says you know, something I, about your movie when that's the only thing that people remember about your movie.
1: And yeah, that is definitely the most fascinating aspect of this movie, and possibly the only.
0: I think there's one other thing that's fascinating.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, let me say, like the the, the 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 one of the only satisfying, uh, one of the only kind of satisfying qualities of watching Terminator Salvation for me, a movie which I have conspicuously avoided for decades now. Oh, for wow. a decade now. Um was that I was able to put that tirade in in a in a entirely plausible context. Sure. I mean yeah I would have killed someone so I think I think Christian Pale showed amazing restraint <laughs> after having seen this movie. <laughs> but I mean just like as I remember he was caught, you know, he was caught on audio uh, in a tirade against a cinematographer who was in his eyeline. Is that correct?
0: I Yeah, I want to say he was actively moving a light or something, too.
1: Right. Now, that does not surprise me because at any given point in this movie, the camera is either strapped to Christian Bale or <laughs> it is inches away from his face. So, of course, there's crew in his eyeline. Yeah, right. They have
0: they have no choice. He has no choice. You know no what choice. it probably was? I blame McGee. Yeah, exactly. Again, I blame McGee for was, all of this. It was probably one of the few shots where the camera wasn't inches away from his face <laughs> and he was really looking forward to it. And so when somebody moved in his sight line, he went berserk. Or he or he like
1: did oh he didn't know what like because the camera wasn't like attached to him he didn't know what to do and he freaked out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "What do I do with what do I do now the camera is at a normal distance from my face?" <laughs> All right. So, if you haven't guessed ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Terminator Salvation the 2009 movie <sighs> directed by Mick Gee. Whose name is what, Tom? Uh, Joseph McGinty Nickel. Thank you. Uh, but
1: also, but I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to spoil my credit check. It may possibly be the highlight of this podcast. But uh, <laughs> there is also a man on this. Before I found out his name was Joseph McGinty Nickel, um, uh, there was there's a man working on this movie called Brian McGee. And, uh I, I before I knew that I thought is that McGee is that mcgee is McG Brian McGee yeah um and that's great Brian McGee is of course the name of Homer's um uh, fake ID alias right from The Simpsons <laughs> my name was Brian McGee I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17.
0: <laughs> well mcgee himself, has uh, directed a movie that garnered 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not the low watermark for the series whoa, whoa, by the whoa,
1: way. Whoa 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 back it up back it up beep beep beep
0: <laughs>
1: What's the percentage? 33 of, on Rotten Tomatoes for this? 33. Yeah. 3 is lo- is is high. Right.
0: Thirty-three percent liked it. Wow. Are
1: you sure? Sh- I- I'm. I'm seriously thinking people think this is that asylum movie, The Terminators. Because <laughs> I can see how thirty-three percent of people would like that piece of crap. Well, I mean, so because that came out the same year, incidentally. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're talking about a budget of $200 million. It did have an opening weekend of 42.5, which to me shows after Terminator 3, by the way, we were ready for like a a rebranding. But from 42.5 on opening weekend, only gathered 125.3 in the USA, $75 million short of its budget. Hmm. But the world... The world does seem to always pick up the beleaguered action movies that have fallen to their knees in America. It garnered $371.3 million worldwide. I'd like
1: to think because conceptually the Terminator franchise is based on Chris Marker's La but I don't think that's (laughs) necessarily the case. Well,
0: McG, (laughs) uh, he kind of came onto the scene, right, with Charlie's Angels and he did its sequel, uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. We are Marshall. This means war, which I've done on the other podcast, by the way. Yeah. And uh, three days to kill.
1: You're 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 uh, you two testicles deep in McGee. Yeah,
0: Two too, too, too many.
1: <laughs> two low hanging testicles.
0: All right. So here's my question for you. This this movie manages to piss me off right away because... Yes, 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 yes. Do you think this movie, this movie kind of presents itself as though it's a prequel, which it can't possibly be because it takes place in the future from the Mm. narrative we've ever seen?
1: I wish I didn't have to fight you on that, but I I, I do. I I think in this, because of the unusual way that time works in this franchise, that... This and this property alone, you can have a prequel and a sequel at the same time. Yeah,
0: it's very strange, and that's fine.
1: And even and if they'd have stuck with that, I think it could. Well, that's the interesting
0: worked. thing was, I thought this was going to be the beginning of what we were going to see in Terminator movies from now on. I thought we were going to stay in the future forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I. Th- I think that's what this movie mm. wanted to do. Mm. But, as previously stated, it's just done so poorly. My other question is, you read this script, how did so many talented people say yes? I don't get it. Yeah, um... I
1: don't know. Uh i i i really don't know there's no
0: rising action
1: i, I guess because no, you know like, what I mean like it's just it's a because ter- its a, i guess it's a Terminator movie i mean i if if i was in their position i i would probably want to be in a in a terminator movie
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know i would assume mcgee was the name of the production company not a person directing the movie right <laughs> that's my first note is 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 is, is this an entity? Or a human being when, when McG comes up.
0: A McG film tells me nothing. Well, and I think you're on my side. My first note is terrible opening credits. Yeah. um, Literally Followed seconds of this movie... Followed by jail nonsense is what
1: I wrote. Literally seconds of this movie has passed before it is incomprehensible and inept. <laughs> right?
0: Oh, I don't disagree.
1: No, yeah. I mean the first I mean the to I mean there's already alarm bells because the graphics look so cheap. Yeah. And then you see and then you see the names of, you know, some of the biggest actors of the time, uh people like Danny Elfman doing the score and you're like, okay, so it's not a direct to video movie, that's what it looks like, but you know, um McGee obviously has some famous friends, uh, what, whoever or whatever that is um but what the real like the the, the real sort of alarm cowbell cuz there's already been a lot of alarm bells for me is uh the fundamental lack of exposition right in our op-
0: in in our cold open when and where are we who are these people what is their relationship what are they, yeah exactly what is their relationship to each other why are we watching them and that's besides and it's not something you're going to find out until the last no! seven minutes of the movie with nothing gained
1: from holding back right that's the thing that that that's that baffles me and you know this is beside the fact that you can't actually hear the dialogue (laughs) it's being everything is even for whispers it's too low right um between uh sam worthington and helna bonham carter um uh, I mean, or the t- the titles as a whole, as a as a concept, are completely ineptly handled. Okay, mm-hmm. we have two. We have we have doubles. We have like duplicates of everything. Two different sets. <laughs> right. Two different sets of titles. Okay, and then they try and do that the the kind of Batman logo reveal, which McGee doesn't seem to understand is only a surprise when you've not seen the title and you don't know you're inside the title. <laughs> but we already know we're inside the title and we've already seen the title by this point. <laughs> he gives himself a second credit after Sam Worthington's execution as well. yeah, Which does not surprise me, but is, you know, also gestures to his inability to handle film language. And then, then we have an opening crawl after a cold open and the titles. Which, right. by the way, is is scrolled through too quickly for me to see what is happening. Like, what is there? And then at the end of it all, just to sort of add insult to injury, we have a single date, two thousand eighteen, in red on screen. Because that's all you need. Right. All that information could have been represented by that by one that image. Date. And then, and then we get the second Mc McG,
0: uh, McG film. Um, so yeah, I wrote McG title card.
1: It you know it's like just seeing, it's all it's just all kinds McG. of incompetence in
0: every technical element of filmmaking. <laughs> right. Right. Just seeing McG on the screen does not fill you with confidence.
1: Yeah. And listen, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I, I kept an open mind here. <laughs> so, and I... So, but there's nothing, and to, you inspi- not there's nothing to inspire confidence in you in that, in those first, what, five seconds of the movie? Right. When you, you, you want to at least know you're in some kind of safe hands. Well, because... And this
0: tells you the opposite. I mean, shortly after all of that, you get into after the date is shown and all of a sudden you're seeing force zooms into choppers. hmm And I'm like, my note was, this is my least favorite kind of filmmaking. You're a, oh, which part that, but like, no, you need to be more specific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. We we got a mise en scène, this Mike. I can't. He can't be that general. Normally you can. Normally I'd know exactly what you're talking about here. I literally, there's literally hundreds of options of what you could. That's be true. About. I mean, the
0: one I wrote down was the forced zoom, but then when you have naked Sam Worthington mud screaming, I wrote. Right. I thought my my, my... like, why'd you make him do that? What is like? no actor can overcome what you're asking them to do <laughs> yeah because it's that absurd my
1: my speculation is that mcg had a storyboard grid with, on which he wrote across all the lines war movie shit
0: yeah right yeah exactly and that's that's what they and that's what they put on screen i guess what offended um, me most was it felt like he it felt like he was he and it seemed like in his mind he was directing his Robert Duvall Apocalypse Now chopper with the surfing scene. Yeah, that's what he thought he was giving us.
1: Well, I think I think even with that comparison, you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> now, if if Secret Smart Guy Sylvester Stallone had done that, I would have gone. Uh, he's thinking about apocalypse now. When 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 he's stra- you know, when the camera is strapped to Christian Bale, he's thinking of Scorsese's Mean Streets. Uh, McGee is thinking about like First Call Blood of Duty. Part Two. No, he's thinking about Call of Duty or Halo. So <laughs> first first person shooter. You're right. You're right. Is what he's thinking of. You're absolutely he's thinking of a right. Video game. Um, oh I think you hit the that nail on the sad head that with that. That's what where my brain goes to when I watch what he's done with that concept. Yeah. That's him not me. I'm not shitting on video games. I'm shitting on McGee. You're
0: saying that video games are different than film. Right. Than
1: cinema. I'm saying I'm saying that the McGee has not read a book in his life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's amazing. But I mean, it's all those. Th- it, it, it's all those. Um. And that's yeah. There is there's this. It, it's 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 wrong. It's conceptually wrong. It's stylistically wrong. It's the least interesting way you can shoot this. Uh, subject matter. Mm-hmm. But there's even like sub mistakes within <laughs> within that. There's like the. It's so incompetent with lighting. But yeah. That even setting off a flare does not improve my ability to see what's on screen. <laughs> That's and, great. you know, I, I I have to I have to apologize to Terminator Two for using the word mawkish. Thank you. Because compared to this movie, I think I had now have an understanding of the the excesses of 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 sentimentality in cinema. <laughs> there is no image. Bl- there is no image more laughably obvious of blunt cruelty than old lady in a cage. Yeah, right. And also, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize to Terminator Three. Uh, I mean, I'm you, not. you should also you should also for other reasons. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna say, you know, I I, said I stand pat
0: on everything. Possibly I've said. they
1: were too they were too flippant with their mushroom clouds. Here. We get <laughs> we just like minutes into the movie, you have a mushroom cloud bigger than all all, right. all of them combined yes. in Terminator Three.
0: You're not wrong,
1: but even I mean, given that you you know he's he's trying to he's latching on to war movie in imagery. Like, it goes back to Rocky Five, and you know if you're anti-realist in your quest for realism, it's all over. You're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, because the color is so overly grey and muddy. You might as well just make it in Technicolor
0: for as mm-hmm. you know, for as realistic. I was as gonna ask is. you what you think about that, because specifically, like one of my notes is this world doesn't match the world we know. <laughs> but do you do you give him a break on that, like he's allowed to have his own vision or? no matter no matter how many skull how many terminator
1: skulls right. you see upsided being crushed yeah 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 i know yeah is well it's like yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty i'm pretty new given everything else i'm pretty neutral on
0: that cuz i think it, I, I, I i became neutral as it, as i yeah. thought i i started backing off on my my hatred of that because it also seems like we're in a time that's before <laughs> what we've seen. Now that is generous. <laughs> well
1: <laughs> I think that bit is, is headcanon and and you're a better person than I for for even making that leap. Yeah,
0: I Yeah. Because we know that narratively, <laughs> temporally, everything's fucked up. Is it though? Nothing's
1: fucked up. These this is all this is the same people we saw in the last movie with all the same experiences. But they've all had character lobotomies.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's no
1: like there's Kate and John. Yeah. Kyle Reese, who we've seen before. I mean, I don't know what happens to him in that. You know the time machine that turns him from a prepubescent boy into
0: <laughs> into a the warrior, yeah. 80s
1: action star. Yeah. But okay. Um, and it's just a sense of like, it's like let's just not mention.
0: But you're right. You're right in the lobotomy part because all the characters are present, but you never have a sense as an audience member that you know anything about these people. They're like a blank slate. There is zero
1: characterization. Yeah, like z- like zero, and that applies to you know the the these legacy characters that we've known since the first Terminator right. movie, right? To you know the new incidental <sighs> characters when they get into when they go into submarine headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With Michael Ironside. By the way, also, has the distinction... is He's continuing his streak of only appearing in, in even-numbered sequels. <laughs> Highlander 2, Prom Night 2. All right. The next Karate Kid, Terminator Salvation.
0: Wow. Um,
1: All right. Uh, I got another stat like that for the next movie. Um, actually, I've got another one here. Anton Yelchin playing... In 2009, he was in two different science fiction franchise movies where yeah. he played characters who would all iconic characters who had already been played by other right, actors. Right, That's right. Um, but when you get into submarine headquarters, they go from dressing down John. John Connor. Yes. To giving him the key mission. Right, <laughs> right. With absolutely no
0: explanation as to why they would suddenly trust him. Well, and what do you make of, because because they kind of start at zero with almost every single sequel past three, there's like a reset. What do you make of this idea of, because all we've been told is that John Connor is the one who brought us out of the dark. Mm. You know, brought us out of the darkness, taught us how to smash those metal motherfuckers into nothing and all of a sudden you see him in this movie and like you said he's being dressed down he's he's the he's the cuckoo bird who who has these wild ideas that we're not going to listen to or talk about
1: right
0: and i mean we'll get there in our next movie but in the next movie it's reset and now he is the person what i'm saying is in this movie he's not in charge yeah in the next movie he's in charge but more of a prophet
1: He's well, got he these weird
0: up... ideas. Yeah. That seem strangely intuitive. Um, <laughs> he likes to shout and scream his dialogue a lot. Right. Um, but y- to yeah. me, this is why it see- feels like it's uh, a-, a bit behind the timeline of we know, because we're setting him specifically in a time where he's not in charge. This is taking place before he is in charge.
1: Yeah. So it's an yeah I mean it it it, it speaks to your point about that you know they wanna they wanna have their cake and eat it yeah exactly sequel they they want it to be an origin story and you know I, I can't believe I'm saying this but like the first three quarters of this movie absolutely terrible right <laughs> but it's a kind of it, it's a it's a terrible that is is of its own design like it's idiosyncratically terrible like i've never seen another terrible like this right right but actually the last quarter of the movie is even worse because you have a capitulation where it's just like every other prequel every other possible science fiction movie we can think of so actually you know even even in this even on the scale of awfulness this movie disappoints because the last quarter <laughs> in the movie is so horribly formulaic. Mm-hmm. The first three quarters isn't, that's a problem too, but it's a different kind of problem.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by it. Like in the last quarter of the movie, they seem to want this to be pure origin story kind of movie. So it's like, that's how John got his scar. That's how Kyle got his sure. coat and that kind of comes weirdly comes out of left field like that's not what the rest of the movie with its three independent storylines none of which have anything to do with each other is about mhm like that suddenly it becomes like it it's it gets very legacy in the last quarter of the movie
0: when they and... were not concerned with legacy at all before that <laughs> no completely yeah.
1: like yeah so maybe there's a maybe there's a reset there anyway but it compounds the terribleness in a way that esch- eschews the the uh, originality of the first three quarters terribleness.
0: All right. Well, that's a good that's a good start. Why don't we take a break and then we'll come back. <laughs> <It> Stop <starts. laughs> That's that's almost a half hour worth of first and first mostly thoughts. And yet we've
1: said everything that needs to be said about this movie. True at this at this point but we'll uh, try to yeah, gu- we'll but, still but, try to dive on, a, on deeper. a micro on a micro level yeah.
0: I've got literally hundreds of things to say All right fine <laughs> we'll be right back after this ladies and gentlemen
1: They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pout. God, I need a beer.
0: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here discussing Terminator Salvation. With, yeah, Shitting with red-eye laser focus. <laughs> there's no
1: discussion. <laughs> I'm discussing with you how best to shit on this movie. <laughs> and you're giving me some good pointers. Like, once once again, it's like making me think about this film in an entirely different way that is not improving my opinion <laughs> of it in...
0: Yeah, it's Any kind of like way. you know, with a, with a movie like this, you almost have to say, uh, "What's the top five things you hate about this movie?" Yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> that's it. It's a it's a, that's why it's a how dare right. you movie. You know, it's it's a, you you can only think about it in terms of grievances and and positive points and and uh, you know, every note I have is a grievance mm-hmm. basically, <laughs> or a question, <laughs> or a grief grievestren. Yeah, you can have that for the How Dare You podcast. A grief <laughs> It's a grievance and a question.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. Like, do we uh, speak narratively? What's happening in our movie? Yeah, I mean, I,
1: like, well, what stood out to me, and I already alluded to this, is that is is that we sort of yeah, I, I don't know how to quantify this but the film sort of sets in motion three almost independent storylines. Mm-hmm. One based around Kyle Reese one based around Sam Worthington who, 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 who we, don't we don't know, know who, who yeah. or what he is. I mean, this, you know, the sad thing about that this is the worst thing about that is it's guessable what's going on but the movie refuses yeah. to tell us. That's what makes me angry. If it wasn't, if it was a twist that it's not the thing I think it is, that's the only way you can validate holding back that information for so long. But it's exactly what you think it
0: is. He's an experimental cyborg. That's it. Well, and not just that. I mean, I think they show you that moment in the trailer, if I remember correctly. (laughs)
1: Oh, I believe me. I did not see the trailer. So, as
0: I recall, that moment I, where Christian I, I Bale undoes, undoes well his back. head chain and he looks down—that's shown to you in the trailer. You know what's funny too is I remember seeing the trailer. There was something about the music that made me excited to see this movie. I was, I was ready to see this movie. <laughs> you know why that is? Right? I'm insane. No, Danny Elfman. Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, it's. I mean, I couldn't hum a note of it right now. No, but yeah, I'm sure. You know, even Danny Elfman on a but on a it
0: bad was day that preview do a catchy little thing. That trailer was edited really well with that music. That's what I remember. And clearly not by McG. My,
1: yeah, <laughs> he must have right. outsourced that. Yes, and we'll talk about outsourcing when I get to my credit check. Um, all right (laughs) but I mean you know so these these storylines are are like they're in different movies they're also in different genres I mean
0: Kyle never even sees John until the last five minutes of the movie right
1: it's in I mean it is but it's even more than it's even more than that so there are moments in this movie where literally one storyline is flying past the other yeah in a helicopter in a
0: chopper right yeah
1: um, they converge briefly and then go their separate ways again. Yes. And Sam Worthington keeps going from... What, he's He, like, batting balls between the Kyle Reese storyline and the John Connor yeah. storyline. But he's in each of them for literally minutes.
0: Yeah, he's supposed to seconds. be the conduit between them, but, but he never brings yeah. them together. No, he never brings them
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. I mean, I guess... Te- no, he they get together in the end of the movie, but it has nothing to do with him. Right. So, yeah, his job, basically he's failed in his role as conduit, Ugh. his narrative role as conduit. He's he's failed and, that and mission. And
0: narratively, you know, there's there's to me there's no reason for Moon Bloodgood to believe in this man. Whether he saved her life or not. Because if a robot is specifically designed to infiltrate. Yeah, isn't he doing a great job of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was, re- was kind of really like I had to keep checking the, the the release date of the movie because, you know, had I not known, I would have assumed that like the whole Sam Worthington storyline, it's like a Last Man on Earth film mm-hmm. that's kind of like just slapped onto a Terminator movie, and immediately, and uh, you know, in in all of those scenes, I was thinking. Has Walking Dead come out yet? Right. And it's like a year away from airing. So something is in the zeitgeist of this, you know, post-apocalyptic wandering around, you know, bikers trying to steal your stuff. I mean, the comic had been around since 2003. But as we've discussed, McGee has never read a book, not even a graphic novel. No, no. That's not a possibility. So it can't be. He can't be.
0: (laughs) He can't be borrowing
1: from that. But that, but it's interesting. That's and like, I have that's, questions. That's Tom. an entirely different genre of movie,
0: right? Like totally unrelated to Terminator. I have so many. You know, when we have uh, humans attacking other humans, but the I guess leader or grandma of those humans saying, "Hey, stop that! That's not who we are. Give them some food." Mm. Why would you give them food? And we have this Seven Eleven robot attack. And it's presented by McGee as, check out this cool fucking shit. This arm's going to come in through the top of the building and nobody's going to know uh, what hit them. How did that giant robot approach that building without being seen or heard?
1: Now, you're talking about the Godzilla
0: yeah. Terminator,
1: right? Yeah. So. Let's let's try let's just break there's there's a, there's a new terminator introduced roughly every 10 minutes in this movie, okay? Right, it's you like have gremlins like 2, you have
0: the It's like gremlins 2, the new batch without the intention. Yeah. At the beginning you have a uh you have chubby homeless terminator with like uh ripped clothes with the the gatling cannon gun. Yeah. Well, I've got so I've got robot snake. Yes. I've got Ankle Bike. So many, pl- so much play given to these water snake Terminators. Robot, uh, Ankle Bike, which was the
1: point of the movie, which I, I said, did McG just ask a 12 year old child what they wanted to see <laughs> in a Terminator movie? <laughs> uh, I've got, what's my next one? Uh, I've got Airborne Rumba. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was the um, next one I was going to say. Godzilla, and then the Godzilla, Godzilla. machine. Um you said the motorbikes?
0: Like, you said the motorbikes?
1: Yeah, the ankle bikes, yeah. yeah. Um and it's just so we've got I mean SkyNet has traditionally always been this very specific kind of technology that only has like two or three manifestations. Mm-hmm. And we've gone from that to this kind of grab bag free for all right of like anything that's vaguely merchandisable. Right? I mean that's the way it seems seems to me. It's like it's it's like Gremlins too, you know. Yeah, that, that great Key and Peel sketch where it's like each. There must have been everybody. A everybody gets like, to come up with a Terminator. Come up with your own Terminator. Yeah. it's got to be. There's there's literally there's no other way to think about it. And that's not even getting into. And
0: well, it seems like the only note that McG gave was make it cool, bros. Make it cool.
1: <laughs> I mean, and, and we of course, have, you miserably know, like,
0: failing in that
1: and when we when we eventually see um uh, you know let's not talk about digiani yet let's let's just save that oh yeah we're saving that come on yeah yeah
0: we're not there yeah. yet
1: but um but i do want but we get like we get the traditional terminator body but customized in the <laughs> like accessorized i'd even go so far as to say <laughs> in the douchiest way possible There's a Terminator with a bandana in this movie. right? And then later on, one of them wears a coat of molten metal like it's a hoodie. (laughs) So, he may have skimped on his storyboard, but I tell you, there was, like, fashion designers in there creating look boards for these Terminators. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where that, but it's just, you know, it, it's, it's insane and we're not that even that far in the movie and we've seen what, at least six different kinds of Terminators, Skynet,
0: or Skynet
1: bots, Skynet uh, tech. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, if I was being generous, I'd say that, that the last movie sort of, and the Terminator two and three did this whole thing of kind of animalizing uh the the Terminator and that this movie's picking up on yes the, the, right taking it in a direction that that, that no human would do <laughs> <laughs> I don't think McGee's a person I think he's like a I think he's like an algorithm or something. I was just gonna I think, say that I think he's, he's genus wise right. We solved it. He's Genesis wise. He's,
0: he's Matt, he's Matthew, Matt slash Matthew Smith. Well, and you know, I mean, part of my problem is, is you have these disparate stories that don't ever connect in a satisfying way. And yet, mm. each one of those stories on their own are also uninteresting. Absolutely. That's the, yeah,
1: yeah, they, they literally never never go anywhere. Yeah. Geographic, geographically or narratively. (laughs) Right. (laughs) John doesn't seem to move for about a good 50 minutes. Mm hmm. He's just sat there in his, uh, well, I guess we have to talk about this. Linda, (laughs) Linda, in his bunker with, uh, with, I guess, Kate. There's nothing. I mean, I have to check IMDB. Yeah, there's no evidence to still Claire Danes's character. Right. And it is. But, there's no, there's no sense beyond her name being Kate that that's the same character we went we know. through the last movie with right. Uh, but then you know there's no sense that Christian Bale is in any conceivable way John Connor. You know the, this guy we've known for two movies. Um, but anyway. Uh, so Lin- Linda Hamilton, in the, last move- in the last movie, she was turned into a box of shrapnel. In this movie, yeah. she's resurrected as a sequel convention. Yeah. So she's a tape, she's a voice on a tape, and a photograph.
0: Uh, and we- this is actually Linda Hamilton's voice. Um, it is her voice, and it is different recordings than the recordings we already know, because they're saying that what happened in Terminator 2 altered the timeline. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they're a little bit different.
1: I see. Um, but it's hard to no, pick that again, out within again, the narrative about of this machines film. with organs. It's it, nothing about machines with organs.
0: Right. And it's funny intellectually you can put your head around this idea of the what ha- the 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 things that happened in Terminator 2 altering the timeline and pushing it down a bit, you know. Where things don't happen quite as quickly, and so that that's that's a narrative reason for her to say something different on the recordings. But when you're in the moment watching the movie, your first thought is always going to be, "Why'd they get the recordings wrong?" Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So again, it's one of those things that might not technically be lazy, stupid, or wrong. And yet it feels lazy, stupid, and wrong while you're watching it for the first time. It's also a
1: kind of, like, it, again, if I didn't know this was 2009, I'd assume this movie was made during the COVID lockdown. Because the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the screenplay is specifically trying to make sure that the characters don't, in each storyline, don't interact. Mm-hmm. Like this is it feels like it was written by a COVID safety officer. It's like, oh well, you got you know you got two people in. scene We don't scene want already. more than you four people them. in a scene. You can't have them going and, over yeah, into that storyline yeah. <laughs> because because I guess and I hadn't thought about this until you said it that um, that that what she says on the tape like the fact that they know Kyle Reese is out there but John so if Kyle Reese dies John will never exist right correct so.
0: Because and that's why Skynet that... has their sights on Kyle Reese. They know about Kyle. Yeah. They have tricked this convict. Yeah. But that's why they that's why those
1: two storylines can't overlap, right? Right, right. I guess or, or is it? I mean, the thing is, he it can't doesn't... interfere with anything to do with Kyle Reese. That's the sense I get, right? That's the is that the rationale given for why John Connor sits in a sits in a room? Yeah, for I was gonna minutes?
0: say. See, this it, it's it's all stupid because the movie yeah. is making this assumption that if Kyle Reese even just meets John Connor, well, it's over. Mm-hmm. You still got plenty of time, even if they meet each other, to try and destroy them and kill them. You just right. you have to find them both. So mm-hmm. narratively, it doesn't matter whether or not they no. get together or not. The movie is I, assuming I, 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 something that I'll is you, not true.
1: Speaking of it's all stupid. I don't know what Skynet's overall plan is. Well, it goes from it goes from like it it, it it it's like I don't know if they're just trying to blow up a submarine whether this is some elaborate sting operation, I don't really get the, the, what Skynet's are doing. I think I think something's broken at SkyNet.
0: That's of. what I that that's what I was just going to say because if you're going to take this convict and turn like him you into need to a turn that, in, turn that shit off and on again. Yeah. Like you take a convict who's going to be put to death, you turn him into an infiltrating robot, but set his mind so that he doesn't realize he's an infiltrating robot. But hey, here's an idea. Why don't you just put a location thing on there's something within his brain. He sees yes. Kyle Ray. He sees Kyle Reese. In the <laughs> end, it all comes back to Goldfinger. It's just all you
1: need to solve the <laughs> yeah, narrative yeah, exactly. mystery is a homing signal, right? I mean, uh... homing, homing pill and thing in the shoe. You sorted. I, I mean, absolutely, a hundred percent. You know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I have no, nothing. Uh, nothing more to say about that.
0: But you so you like so uh we No, ha- no. Well, I don't know what you're going to say but no. Because we have Godzilla bot. I don't like when did I say I like Godzilla? I'm 6? not done yet. Hang on, please. I'm insulted. Because Godzilla bot turns into the the chase. Uh-huh. And you're saying you like the chase? Oh,
1: again, that was a reach. There was uh, what I mean is there was a few moments where I was able to sort of tune out of the god awfulness right. and think, yeah, this is kind of like what? Because even the chase t- to me, I just oh, thought, I know, I know, ugh. it's not good, but it's 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 like it's like yeah, I guess that could have been in a Terminator movie, yeah, yeah. It's a truck chase. It's again before this cavalcade of comedic errors, just like t- turns it into pure
0: cartoon video Well, and game here's a question. Nonsense. I mean, Skynet captures Kyle Reese. That's the goal for the whole fucking movie, but they don't kill him? What's the reason for not killing him? They're trying to it's lure John? Sting
1: operation, apparently. Or at least it is until about, t- with ten minutes of the movie to go, before they tell us it's something else. I don't under- Like, just
0: kill him. Kill him. Right. <laughs> You kill know, him, man... John Connor never exists. Right? Right. Yeah. So it would be like, back to the future picture, <laughs> he would just disappear. Yeah, yeah. You're done. I'm sure, I'm
1: sure McGee would find a way to fuck up that visual too. <laughs> <would he? laughs> It'd be, I don't know, like a... <laughs> I don't Know what the two thousand that really stood out
0: to me on this view hologram?
1: It would be a hologram disappearing.
0: I was so offended that he just didn't die. Kill him! Kill him now, Kyle Reese. Yeah, you have him. Oh, I see. Yeah. What reason yeah. do you have to not kill him? Hmm. I can't even remember the reason they give us now. <laughs> Obviously, it was a, a too weak and stupid so of a reason.
1: He's not big on, not big on telling us. Right, right, no, here's the tone of this movie, okay? okay yeah. It's either telling us far too much or far too little. <laughs> Things we need to know about, tight-lipped. Yeah. When it's stuff that we'd never, we haven't even, we haven't even considered that we want to know about, it goes We go. We, we, we get so much. Hence the machines with organs line. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's the tone of this movie, really. Well, I mean, by wh- the time we get to the end of the movie, we're, we we people speak in pure stupid people ADR. Yeah. Uh, you know, at one point someone says, "Let's get out of here." It's like, yeah, when you're seriously wounded in a Terminator factory, that's what you do. You don't need to say it to you another just person do it.
0: <laughs> so that they know to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know what you I mean, the perfect example. Go back to the first Terminator. I mean I'd love to. Sorry, I went I went into like a I went into a nostalgic daydream there. Like the second I said it, because the truck blows up. Yeah. Kyle Kyle and Lyndall Hamilton Sarah Connor rather, they're they're hugging, and all of a sudden the machine comes out of the fucking wreckage. You don't hear either one of them say Oh shit, we better go. Yeah. They run away. They just go. <laughs>
1: That's it. And you know, not not an expensive movie because it's not a it's not about money. The, the, this is about this is about what your understanding is of screen craft. Mm-hmm. And for McGhee or lack it's of it. Yeah. On on the evidence of this movie, I'm not going to dismiss all his other movies even though I absolutely could with vindication. <laughs> But I'm going to say on the evidence this movie, it's like, you literally do not know what you're doing. With any, any aspect of your, of your film. Yeah. Just I out mean, of
0: curiosity, do you hate that Charlie's Angels movie? I don't even know if I've
1: seen them. Okay. I suspect I would probably think it's okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember them being fun. Yeah. I mean, At least may, the first may, one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. and And I don't. Yeah. Because he gonna... was like, he, you know, he was sort of new guy on the He's scene. He's such low.
1: I mean, with a name like Madge, such low hanging fruit. Right, I know. And that's why I wanted this movie to be, not good, because I knew it wasn't going to be good. Like I'm not that wrong.
0: And you, I, I meant to ask you this earlier. So you've never seen this movie until watching it for this, this podcast. This movie
1: had a, a bad smell like I've never <laughs> got from a movie I didn't want to see. Uh... I just knew I just I I, maybe it's because of how much I liked Rise of the Machines, because all I could tell from publicity of it was going in exact opposite direction and was almost priding itself on being entirely humorless. And yet they were they'd hired rather than like hiring Werner Herzog. Well, that's unfair. He's very he's a very funny man. Um, Yeah. I don't know, uh, Christoph Kuscausi or something. Like someone who's kind of known for making <laughs> serious movies. They went with a guy who's kind of known for sort of action comedy of like, well, right. This is going to be a disaster. And then and like, he's called McGee, which right. is not a not a thing.
0: So it's <laughs> <laughs> He's a living velveta man. He's not a thing. I can't believe um, how devoid of fun this movie is. Nothing. Yeah, even, nothing even fun in, even, or funny happens like, in this movie
1: ever. And that's and, and that's what like really really struck me of like, you know, in in not to make the Walking Dead comparison too strongly because you know it it there's there's no reason why this film should should be set in this should you know get in the same Google search you know what I mean? it's <laughs> like it's not part of the, they're not
0: they're not uh, part of the same fruit basket per se, but.
1: Oh, look like, at this! I, I got he... a
0: banana. I got an orange and uh, staples. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but um,
1: but you know when I think you like when when that show when the show work Walking Dead works best, it's like it's a, a ve- it's a very it's like a qual- piece of quality television drama that is also incredibly schlocky, where you know heads blow up all the time, and you're like, oh look at that look at that terrible thing like. And this, you know, th- well, it doesn't have any of that, obviously. But right, like, <laughs> yeah. But but if you're gonna be a thing that is purposefully humorous, you need to get the the dramatic bit right. And yet there are no that like you. That's you're the other screen- thing. There's nothing dramatic you happening. Can't, yeah, you can't write a story or characters. And 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 I'm and I don't want to. I can't. I can't overestimate this enough. I'm not saying these characters. And stories are badly written. I'm saying they are non existent Right. That this is not a this is not my critique of what this is not one dimensional. This is no dimensional, sub dimensional, writing. <laughs> sub dimensional. That's amazing. I mean. I can't, I can't, you know, I've, I've honestly, I've never, I have never seen a movie like this. It is, I don't, I've never seen anything like this in my life, Mike. The fact that it's a franchise movie is just part of the, the, of what's perplexing about Yes, right. The right. fact that
0: this could even be like an original movie. Well, and. Would it, baffle me. It begs the question. Like I'm not advocating for, for studio involvement in, in movies usually, but it does beg the question, were they seeing dailies? Did did nobody right. ever at a quarter of the way through filming, halfway through filming, did nobody come up to McGee and say, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? None of this makes sense. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's and this clear, that's the, the this movie's in this kind of weird state of production value. This sort of like this, it's I gotta say it. It's a it's it's this movie has paradoxical
0: production value. <laughs> How dare because you? Because <laughs> you know there's money. How dare know you hit it right there. on the the nail on the head again? You you know there's
1: money there, but you can see none of but it. But you on screen. you see
0: none of it on screen exactly. There's a battle I was on just where thinking like, the thought what did they spend 200 million dollars on
1: But but it's like it's it's the it's like it's not even that you it's not even that you can't see it you can sense that the money's there you just can't put your finger on where it's actually gone because there's a battle scene later on where I I was like well obviously I mean you're going to need a lot of money to make something of this scale but mm-hmm. This looks like
0: a soundstage from a 1930s movie. Are you talking about when he escapes? I think so. Because that's yes. one of my biggest notes. What you just said is my note exactly. Okay. <laughs> my note exactly is why does this look like a set built on a soundstage? Wow! wow. <laughs> you even said soundstage. Yes.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake!
0: I said. I said this is not taking place outside. Clearly, it looks amateurish, Tom. I mean, it's like with every shot. Like if Ed Wood had this kind of resources, what would he would
1: like? It would be like the most fantastic thing you'd ever seen. But he doesn't, and he does his wooden crap. But it's great looking wooden crap. Every single shot, but G's wooden
0: crap is just wooden crap. Every single shot in that scene begs the question: like, what you're watching on screen? you can almost um, like see on screen that two seconds before somebody was in a running motion and then heard, all right, action. And <laughs> like, it's like you could see it forming. It's, it's bizarre how inept it is. I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I suddenly haven't.
1: Well, I know exactly why, but I have an image of McGee like uh what's the name of the baron from dune the, the the good dune the original one with uh, the, the David good Lynch dune one. <laughs> you know the the really disgusting baron this is going to piss off so many people the but, fat guy yeah anyway cuz he's like he's <sighs> Because he's like, hov- I I imagine he directs like that, like that way that character is shown in David Lynch's *June*. Like he's just hovering, right? On he's like hovering in midair <laughs> with his, and he is a redhead as well. Maybe that's why I'm getting the image, and just like hovering in and going
0: cooler. That's yeah, exactly right. More stupid. <laughs> remember, Dejecting guys, with make it cool. Well, with- let's take it back to Batman and Robin. Uh, it was Joel <laughs> Schumacher who said, remember, everyone, we're making a cartoon. And that would have been fine. For this movie?
1: Yeah, because, well, I think uh, one of the big problems of this movie is it's, it's not leaning into anything recognizable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Filmically. Right. We don't have a we don't have a reference until, point. Until we don't have we don't have a true north. Yeah, it doesn't. This movie doesn't
1: lean. It either it either falls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or
0: stumbles. It stands stumbles. Stands on
1: its own weird movie, pedestal made of cheese. This movie is I mean, <laughs> drunk at all times. Made of this weird pedestal made of soft cheese. Yeah. Or it's flat face flat in. A specific reference to a movie or a genre. It's it or the or like <laughs> or the imagery of the series, I guess is the other thing that Right. You know. Yeah. You just it just occasionally like like literally Sam Worthington goes around, he's in his own story, often without any characters that we've ever seen in a Terminator movie before, and it's like, oh, there's Carl Reese. I've just met Carl Reese. Yeah. Bye. You know <laughs> <laughs> It's like fucking it's like there's a there's like a Terminator museum that, that characters are like yes. walking in and out of. Like this is some sort of immersive theater. Yeah.
0: Piece. All right, let's take another break and then uh, we'll come back. Then I want to talk about common. We need to okay. set time aside to talk. So we'll about set time common. aside for common, sir. All right. <laughs> right after this. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator Tony Parham, and co host, musical performer and sound lover Derek Hansen D Rock if You're Nasty, and I Am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target that's the sounds in cinema podcast tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you all right we are back once again ladies and gentlemen Tom and I are here struggling to the finish line of Terminator salvation now uh you 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 were telling me you had to get something in on common do you want to do that now or is this yeah why not okay
1: um, well, first, first of all, the, when, when common, when the, when the, in quotation marks, a, uh, actor common
0: playing Barnes.
1: Yeah. Gives us a, gives a report because he's a resistance soldier, of course. Yes. Um, as soon as he speaks, it sounds like one of those Ted talk style raps he does nowadays. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> And the but the but the thing again the thing that you know. Again, I blame McG. He's called Barnes, and every time anyone talks to him, they say his name. Yeah. Now is this because McG cannot comprehend the idea that someone famous for something else will not be recognised as that person <laughs> when they're in a movie? Right. Is this like Tom Jones in Mars Attacks? You know, he can only be Tom Jones. Like, geez, like you gotta say his name every time. Because if it's not, people think this is actually post-apocalyptic Common. <laughs> I don't even know how big Common was in 2009. I have no idea. Um, But that's another bizarre... Like, again, I either know too much about these people... Or not, or not enough. enough, right, yeah. Never, never just enough. Never just enough. That's all I had to say. Um, about Carmen in this movie.
0: What do you make of... I mean, like, so... It's a good, it's a good question, uh, even without the verb. Right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? what? So much of this movie hinges on this box they create that they think is going to have the right frequency to destroy their planes and nonsense. Mm. But again, like everything else in this movie, I don't think we even learn about this until at least halfway, beyond halfway through the movie, we get one scene where they test it, and the next thing Mm. you know, John Connor's breaking into Skynet. Right. Which seems... Egregiously stupid. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're a human, don't go near their factory. Right, or
1: or just or just go there. Again, like right, Yeah. yeah. There's, there's two there's two story options here. <laughs> Somehow this movie has managed to do both and neither. Yeah. Right. Um Yeah, I I I, I I agree with all of that. Um when I mean the thing the thing that was most egregious for me when, when they get to Skynet is that, you know, any any semblance of originality just kind of dies in this movie. Mm-hmm. When they get to Skynet, it is the opening of Blade Runner. No more, no less. <laughs> right? If you told me that was a shot from Blade Runner, I'd be like, yeah
0: yeah, I uh, believe yeah you. absolutely
1: then we're into mission impossible like the first mission impossible descending from the ceiling mm-hmm. and this movie is almost like priding itself on these references as if seems it like it's like well we've run out of ideas but at least we've got all this kind of shit hot uh, hollywood intertextuality to play
0: with well no that's never been a part of terminator see i i almost feel like it's the opposite i i think that it's a, a deal where McGee says i'm gonna have you uh you know, going upside down on this line, sneaking in. It's going to be so cool, bro. It's going to be so cool. And Christian Bale probably said something like, So, like, Mission Impossible? No, 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 no. I don't I'm like Mission Impossible. No. This is like like, he'd probably never seen it, doesn't know anything about it. He just thought he was That's coming true. up it with is, the coolest is, fucking thing. it is thing not a that.
1: video game. Uh, right. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> so, he may not have seen no it. No books, no movies. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, movie McGee has seen, and I can tell you what his favorite scene in the movie is. Based movie on this movie, Star, War, Star Wars: Attack of the Clones, and his favorite scene is the droid factory scene. <laughs> Everything about that assembly line sequence tells me, which, in, well, not not co- not coincidentally, is the most video game scene in that entire movie, possibly the Star Wars franchise. Right. Um and it's re- it just it fascinates f- and and you know there there is there is a moment in skynet that um and I, you know i said this off air like i kind of admire it if it was done for the reason that i'd like to hope it was done for but mm-hmm. i know for sure it wasn't so i can <laughs> which is when mcg joseph mcinty nickel makes the <laughs> Directorial choice to turn the movie off for a second, like a TV set, when Sam Worthington plugs in to Skynet. Right. And for a one second, I thought, is McGee trolling the haters here? He <laughs> no like, way. No. Is he like? Te- is he like Lars von Trier, sort of like viewer punishment? <laughs> but no, you're right. He's not. He probably thinks that's a really cool effect. Hmm. Um. And, well, I, we're not going chronologically here, but, but we've kind of circled around to DigiArny.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have DigiArny, we have somehow Sam Worthington is now fixed and in a hospital gown after he was blown apart by a mine.
1: Oh yeah, that's uh, I, I had a note that um, the line, he stepped on a landmine, I only want to hear that said by a coroner, or uh, it's not in the movie. <laughs> right, exactly. You talk you, if you say that the person has to be dead. They have to be gone. Also, how contrived do you... and and like and separate do your storylines have to be for a landmine to be the only reason that he he and John Connor interact? Mm-hmm. Well, like, if that landmine wasn't there, he would have gone over the horizon. Well, and, how, and never how seen much, again?
0: How how much like? Of a lack of cohesion, does there have to be in your movie to have computer generated Helena Bonham Carter have a like a five minute exposition dump explaining what we probably could have figured out for ourselves anyway? You know what I mean? Right. They think this is the clever reveal, which of what we've already figured out for ourselves if that character
1: was introduced when we first the first and last time we saw her which was before this movie began right or the second time before this movie began or whatever <laughs> yeah um so Digiani yes and then we get to Digiani so i mean i i remember i don't know if you remember the same but i think one of the biggest I guess drawbacks for me about seeing this movie and I think something that perhaps maybe because of response to Terminator 3, I don't know, but their movie was almost priding itself on was this was the first post-Arnie Terminator movie.
0: Mm -hmm. And yet... And there was (laughs) no chance because he was doing governor shit for California.
1: (laughs) Which in, in and of itself should have been a clue that he was absolutely going to have time to spend an afternoon in, I'm sure, a California effects studio yeah. having his body digitally rendered, right? <laughs> um, well, but, but that's uh, the thing.
0: He he never did anything for this movie. I mean, they literally just came up. Oh, they didn't even use his body? No, no.
1: Okay. So it's just a picture. So he's basically, it's a guy wearing an Arnie mask. In the digital sense. Yes. But they, they I, I'm sure I read something that they used his his image.
0: I mean, if they... I i don't know enough about the effects to know whether or not you can
1: I think look at posed. a picture of him. I think
0: he at least posed. I don't think he did.
1: Okay. Um, did he just give his permission for his likeness to be used? Yeah, I, I think, guess? yeah. I think that which was explains, the extent of it, which explains why it's the '80s model. Because there's no other reason it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but then again, it's like suddenly we this movie is lurched into fan service mm-hmm. out of no like after giving it literally right actually after doing nothing
0: for underserving
1: fandom. Yeah, right. For the entirety of the movie, suddenly we get too much of it. In a way that well, no fan could possibly be happy with. It's one partly of those... because we're still in, like, I mean, Uncanny Valley. We're we're at the bottom of Uncanny Valley here. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. I say, we're at the bottom of the ravine. There is also a ravine in this movie, which reminded me of both the Podrace sequence from Star Wars: The Phantom Menace and uh, the um, the missile sequence from Superman Three. You know, oh. all the best stuff from sequels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> carry on sorry I, I I, do remember um saying is it who is it is it Sam Worthington that gets dumped into that ravine or is yeah it, I think so right mm-hmm. like robot or not you're smashed to shit going I think at there that was speed a,
1: I think there was a literal moment in this movie where Sam Worthington is treading water
0: <laughs> yeah. both narratively yeah, and right. literally yeah <laughs> But it's funny with Digiarney because they they presented as this huge reveal. Hey, fans, check this shit out. (laughs) Right. But they recognize how shitty it looks, so they blow off his skin within a matter of like 45 seconds.
1: (laughs) It's really... Yeah, yeah. Um, It's... It's also, I guess, you could say it's like going back. That it, it, it works. It's going back to the well in more ways than one. You know, it's like in the same way that that Terminator Two was was all about showing off the latest technology. They're trying to say like, what's the most cutting edge thing we could try? Let's do it. Uh, but the difference being, it, it doesn't it doesn't work. And right is right i mean it's only starting to barely work now Mm -hmm. um so again yeah i get i think i think in this last segment if you want to call it that i mean why not the screenplay isn't divided into any other way i can possibly yeah right right um that that's that they're just going full on like okay we want we want you know, we want uh, Legacy in this. We want old Hollywood. We want Terminator. You know, just every th- just throw it all at them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But literally just throw it all at them. Not in any kind of coherent way. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to have problems with Genesis, wise but Genesis wise s- sets its stall out pretty early on that that's what it's going to do throughout the entirety of the movie. Yeah. and it, And if it achieves anything, it achieves that.
0: Yes. Um, so, I guess I guess as but well. But also like, narratively, it's funny that like, you nothing can't... makes sense in this movie. No. If, if I don't know why you're not killing Kyle Reese, if it's just to bring in John Connor, whatever, fine. But again, you kill him, John Connor doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you bring in John Connor, and you send only one Arnold after him. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, you know. So,
1: like, and all... and in the end, it's like it's like in in what's this? The this is the fourth movie, right? Correct. We've still not come up with a better ending than fighting a metal man in a boiler room. Yeah, right. That's what all these movies come down
0: to. And this one's just a clean boiler room. <laughs> That's the only difference. Because
1: McG hasn't done his set design work. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, um, Mister, Mister McNichol, uh, is McG, uh, <laughs> McG, um, we really need that uh, you to sign off on that. Those set design changes, because this is this is looking a little, a little sanitized here. We need, we we need to, you know, fill out this room a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you in the morning. <laughs> soon, <laughs> soon. And then soon. he disappears on his hover chair.
0: <laughs> One of those segues injects
1: himself with something that makes him sound like a rapper
0: now here's my last question one I don't believe for a second that Sam Worthington's journey through this movie makes me believe he would give away his heart two nobody even seems to ask the question are these two even a blood type match can his heart (laughs) go into his chest nobody is asking the pertinent questions I, I, I thought of you when
1: they um, when they hotwired the heart because I thought that, right. that, that would be like that's the lost the the lost '80s hit <laughs> Hotwire heart <laughs> that's great can see that being a big hit for Springsteen yeah um it's so stupid it's like a preteen child wrote this movie the yeah blood exactly type, the blood type thing is like I mean you know a, a a a high school student could figure that out also the fact that like when they when you when you see the hot wiring of the heart like visually it's a cross between jumper cables and heart pads yeah exactly it's like it's like it's like, it's like well uh, you know he's half machine half man so let's split the difference <laughs> <laughs> I get I mean that's that's it right that's that's the logic that ends up with that image
0: Oh it's terrible
1: And then you have to have like a shot of like a cut of the camera moving down of him looking at his his robot heart Mhm Like fucking hell <laughs> Like we've seen movies We know like if it's in the shot I'll find it uh, Unless your lighting's terrible, which it normally which it is. also is, yes. <laughs> or, or I can't hear the dialogue, which I often can't. Basically, <laughs> a decision, an audio decision, needed to have been made at some point in this movie. Like, are we going to try and match Christian Bale, or are we going to tell Christian Bale to be quiet? Obviously, the latter decision didn't go down too well. Yes, the,
0: yeah, exactly. There are. I moments... think we know
1: what. I think we know what the outcome was. There but...
0: was there was a moment during. Uh during Sam Worthington's I can't even remember that character's name Marcus Wright's, Wright right right uh, yes. yeah Marcus Wright's escape when he's in the water and the, all the robots are coming and then they k- k- kind of kill them together and out of nowhere Christian Bale yells what are you <laughs> yeah i have that i to so why is bale screaming
1: why is he and yelling? shouting his dialogue yeah I mean, it's you
0: know from the and Michael And then K. Sam Worthington School goes super quiet. Shelter. Sam Worthington goes super quiet. I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's like it's like let's find let's find the graphic equalizer here. God you know, let's, damn it! We need to get we need to get room tone. Okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> In the, on the audio, everyone needs to either get loud or. But once you once you get loud, you can't suddenly go quiet. <laughs> you have to respond. Are you listening? <laughs> then there's um um you know call back to one of the movies we've covered, the Terminators decapitated as if it's either a zombie or a Highlander. Mm-hmm. It's like again, I see McGee coming in on his hover chair and saying, "Is saying is it time travelly? Yeah." Is it like a monster movie? Yeah. <laughs> my work is done. You know. That's the it's, it's, it's just settling. It's the it's the it's the residue of settling.
0: The, uh, that is the, he the just the, the... he just looked over to the second unit director and said, "All right, just uh, take a picture there of that head coming off. I'm out of here." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And, and we didn't we didn't talk about this, but of course we have the obligatory lava kind of covered hot hand giving him yeah. his scars. Mhm. Well, that's what I mean like it,
1: you know, you you have this you basically you have the idea of paradox-based storytelling to play with, and in the end you decide the best use of that is origin story like dramatic irony
0: mm-hmm. yeah know,
1: that's the origin of that one that's how he got a scar
0: everyone satisfied you should be this is, this is how genius
1: because kyle... i spend the entirety of, of terminator thinking where did kyle get that coat <laughs> in the future hmm. uh, and then it becomes it's like, again like after refusing to be a terminator movie it sort of ends in it. It ends in the most Terminator way possible with a voiceover monologue. Mm-hmm. It's like we've tried every other signpost of a bad movie. Why not run with this one? Let's go. <laughs> and I can't. You know what? I can't. I can't even. I have a note here that, and again, this is voiceover. And one of the things that you want in a voiceover is to be able to hear what they're saying. <laughs> and I don't know whether he says raises on or rages on. There is a storm on the horizon. A time of hardship and pain. This battle has been won, but the war against the machines rages on. Wow! Because like it should be uh, probably rages, right? Yeah, right. But I have listened back to that moment, and I guarantee you, he's saying raises. <laughs> I've even tried to like run it, th- walk it through Welsh, because Christian Bale's Welsh, so yeah, raises, but rages, but it doesn't, it, you know and you mentioned earlier something that was interesting not i mean you meant you everything you say is interesting but i, I just, <laughs> well thank you thank you i just kind of you know i put it in the mental hot pocket um and, and sort of <laughs> to, to bring back to well, microwave of, to, it to and tell it me what's co- going <laughs> um and you mentioned it's like you know a lot of times in this movie you were thinking this is actually a movie that needs studio involvement mm hmm I actually think this is a series that could do with more studio involvement sometimes. Maybe because they like we we've talked before about how certain franchise movies have screwed whoever the ne- the person yeah, right, taking right. over is by being too specific. Do
0: something with this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but this this franchise does the opposite. Mm-hmm. This this franchise it just ends they all end in just these really vague ways that say that. Let us know they're angling for a sequel, but give no clue as to what that as sequel could possibly go. be. Yeah. So, you know, this is one time where I think the studios have said, actually, we want you to say, okay, we want you to put something concrete in there so that there's a basis for the next movie.
0: And then Which we will not do make. this. <laughs> mm.
1: And this is the most egregious one. Yeah. Uh, also, because it, you know, it's a final note of, incom- of directorial incompetence because the voiceover is sound is it's one because john has been communicating via radio messages for the entire throughout the whole the movie. movie right and this is one of those messages it's one of those messages except he's recorded it as if it's a voiceover in a studio yeah right so you know if you just needed that extra reminder that this is a movie that that you know in the words of uh Joe Pesci in Casino could fuck up a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. It's great. Literally the easy I mean, I could do it on fucking iMovie right now and give you a better radio sounding message than the one he gets. Right.
0: Uh, uh you know, I-, I feel I feel I'm done with this movie. Do you uh do you have anything left beyond a credit check? I hate to tell you this, but you're not um <laughs> Yeah, I have
1: I have a few I have a few i I've gone through some of them already, so it won't be too a uh, burdensome, but uh yeah. The credits are inept also. Um <laughs> Two immemoriums back to back. Right. I feel like one cancels the other out. So my note was McGee can't even do credits right. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean I really don't mean to be rude or offensive too uh, late <laughs> but I have never seen such a collection of made up sounding names in my lifetime if you want to laugh <laughs> put on Terminator Salvation scan to like well 10 minutes before the end grievance and right. watch, the, watch the you will see names <laughs> of the like you will never you have not seen before or again more egregious than McGee. Yeah, McGee is just the tip of the iceberg. Wow. Um, this is this is what I mean about, you know, uh, overlong credits being a grievance. The credit second assistant auditors is a credit I see with five minutes of credits still remaining. <laughs> That's already too many credits. <gasps> We haven't even got to the effects houses yet.
0: Oh no! You know that I, was hot and heavy.
1: I think McG handpicks every company that he works with on a movie because here's a couple of the names of various people of companies that worked on this movie. She's crafty. It's the name of the craft services <laughs> clearances. By now, clear this. <laughs> I see his fingerprints on that. Yeah. I see his dirty his June <laughs> fingerprints on that. <laughs> his bulby little bulbous pustule fingers on there. There are so many different effects houses involved in this movie. In in a sense it's it's a miracle that any of the effects in this movie look like the other. Like literally you Well they have all have like- one
0: thing in common, they don't look great. They don't look yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going for a different kind of con- effects
1: consistency yeah <laughs> just different kinds of badness but all at the same level mm. yeah that's all i have all right well oh and i we didn't didn't even mention i did i just like it's and this is a kind of series note really but after two movies in which we sort of built up the the kind of badass slash heroic quality of women, this movie is just white male messiah. Right. One of yeah, them. you're right. That
0: was all. I mean, like three. Bryce three Dallas Howard in leads. the role of Kate is a nothing character. Yep, she has nothing to do. Which, again, leads me to say, why'd she say yes?
1: And women are also depicted as just kind of throwing themselves at at any man Mm -hmm. who's walking by when they are represented, which is never. Never. Never.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you're going to have to tell us what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I, not fans. (laughs) Terminator Salvation We have a grudge against this movie and McG. You're going to have to uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter to let us know have we hit the mark or are we off the mark. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail dot com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Tune in next week. We're gonna be, or well, tune into the next episode. <laughs> we'll be back with. Might be next week. Yeah, Terminator Genesis, Genesis, Jenna. What do you call it? Genesis. Genesis.
1: It's the origin story of. Uh, yeah. Um, Dennis Wise from The Wire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, say goodbye,
1: Tom. Relax. I just want some body heat. Is <laughs> a line from this movie. Yep. Not a lot of good lines in this movie.
0: Uh, there's a similar there's line. There's No fucking
1: quotables. There's a. Simil- it's even failing yeah, right? to provide yeah. me with quotables. <laughs> I can't even find a good quotable. Here's a, here's one that I that was in the sh- on the short list. Remarks. It's Connor. <laughs> it's stupid. It's not funny. Not interesting. It's stupid. You
0: said stupid twice. <laughs> whoa that's fantastic alright that's it ladies and gentlemen we'll be back next time with another Terminator movie